This scripture is Matthew 13, 31 through 35, and then 44 through 50. Jesus put before the crowd another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. Jesus told the crowds all these things in parables. Without a parable, he told them nothing. This was to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth to speak in parables. I will proclaim what has been hidden from the foundation of the world. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sell all that he has, sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. These are our sacred stories. Throughout his public ministry, Jesus announces again and again, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, the realm of God is here and now, so start living like it. Start living love, living peace, living care for the poor, living welcome and compassion. Jesus prays, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. On earth, heaven's in fine shape. Earth is where we need some help. Jesus talks again and again with story after story about the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God like? What should I compare it with? It's like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in a garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air made nests in its branches. Again, he said, to what should I compare the kingdom of God? It's like yeast that a woman took and mixed in so much flour that everyone was fed. Everything Jesus says and does is cloaked in political implications. From the very beginning, Jesus is talking about and enacting a different kind of power, a different realm where justice and peace overcome oppression and violence. Let the little children come to me, for to such as these belongs the kingdom of God. Jesus is not trying to establish a new government. He does not gather an army, quite the opposite. He does not try to take back territory from Rome. He actually encourages the people to pay taxes. Jesus unequivocally rejected typical kingship. Think back to those temptations in the desert. The devil offers Jesus the ability to rule all the kingdom 
kingdoms of the world. And Jesus refuses. Jesus does not seek political gain. Far from shaking hands and kissing babies, he makes everyone mad. The people want him to be a political leader. He refuses. The religious leaders try to stop him. He keeps preaching and teaching and healing. Rome mocks him and his alternative realm, but he just won't keep quiet. Consider that infamous ride into Jerusalem. Jesus refuses nationalism by choosing to ride on a donkey instead of a war horse. But long before that parade on the donkey, Jesus makes it clear that the kingdom he's talking about, the realm of God, is not just for one group of people. The kingdom Jesus is teaching and preaching and living is not compatible with nationalism. When Jesus sends out his followers, it says sheep among wolves not as well-formed armies. And Jesus is clear about where these followers are supposed to go. Go ye therefore and make disciples in all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All the nations. The kingdom of God is about what this world can be like without domination systems without oppression and injustice. The kingdom of God is not trading one system of oppression for another one in the name of religion. A religious government is not the kingdom of God. I know many of you attended adult education last week and learned more about Christian nationalism and the threat it continues to pose here in our country a threat that is growing at an alarming rate. Christians Against Christian Nationalism, an organization created by the Baptist Joint Committee for Religious Freedom, has been doing a lot of excellent work around the threat of Christian nationalism. They wrote, Christian nationalism seeks to merge Christian and American identities, distorting both the Christian faith and America's constitutional democracy. Christian nationalism demands Christianity be privileged by the state and implies that to be a good American, one must be Christian. It often overlaps with and provides cover for white supremacy and racial subjugation. We reject this damaging political ideology and invite our Christian brothers and sisters to join us in opposing this threat to our faith and our nation. They have a statement called Christians Against Christian Nationalism that you can join me in signing. It's on their website. Christian nationalists use the language of religious freedom in describing their efforts to promote Christianity and give it special protections. This is not religious freedom. Religious freedom means protecting religious liberty for all, not a privileged few. Religious freedom is guarded when there is no government sponsorship, no government discrimination, and no government preference shown toward any religion, 
or lack of religion. Jesus commands us to love our enemies. This is the opposite of nationalism. This act of love destroys all borders. It makes everyone everywhere into a neighbor. Love your enemies replaces us and them with only us. No them, no othering, no outsiders, no exclusion. I know that many of you are familiar with the work of the Poor People's Campaign, the work of Reverend William Barber. The Poor People's Campaign identifies Christian nationalism as a key pillar of injustice in America. And they note that the injustice of Christian nationalism provides cover for a host of other ills, including systemic racism, poverty, climate change, and militarism. To combat it, they are building a multicultural moral movement that can speak directly to the needs and aspirations of poor and dispossessed Americans, and they can fuse these struggles into one. If you're not already connected with the work of the Poor People's Campaign, I suggest you join me in trying to get involved in the movement. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's here on earth. It is not Christian nationalism. It is not any nationalism. It's not any government. It's an end of violence and oppression, an end of racism and bigotry, the end of injustice. We see it here and there, sometimes small like a mustard seed, sometimes bigger. Covenant folks sorting potatoes for hungry people at the Houston Food Bank, digging and planting and harvesting the vegetable in the vegetable garden here at Covenant to provide fresh produce for the Houston area women's shelter. It's the beauty of Covenant folks and so many others gathered yesterday at CCSC to help with school supplies and clothes. It's this morning. It's the gift of being together to gain hope for another day, to renew our strength. We are part of the realm of God. We can be bold and open about who we are as progressive Christians and refuse to let the only voice of Christianity be that of fundamentalism and nationalism. We can join with organizations like Christians Against Christian Nationalism and the Poor People's Campaign. We can refuse to keep quiet when we hear Jesus' passion for an alternative realm contorted into an excuse for bigotry abuse, injustice, nationalism. Jesus calls us to follow him, to make our allegiance to the realm of God, a realm of love and peace and justice that includes all people of every land. Jesus was political, absolutely. He preached and lived and taught an alternative kingdom to oppressive Rome, and the empire killed him for it. He went to the capital. He rode in on a donkey. 
but he carried no weapons. The people gathered around him at this protest march, waving palm branches, shouted, Hosanna. They were not a violent mob. Jesus taught nonviolence. Turn the other cheek, he said. If you're conscripted by a soldier of the empire to carry his pack for one mile, don't just carry it one mile, carry it two, he said. During Jesus' sham trial, Pilate asks if he's a king and about his supposed kingdom. Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the religious leaders. But now my kingdom is of another place. My kingdom is not of this world, meaning my kingdom is not like worldly kingdoms. You don't see my followers fighting or recruiting for battle, do you? There's not one people or one place that belong to my kingdom. No, my kingdom is like a woman who baked so much bread that she had to share it with everyone. Once Jesus was asked by the religious leaders when the kingdom of God was coming, and he answered, the kingdom of God is not coming with things that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is. For in fact, the kingdom of God is among you. It's among you. It's here and now. It's how we live our lives. I'm horrified by the rise of Christian nationalism. I'm horrified by what's happening to our planet. I'm horrified by the rampant hate and injustice that seems to grow more and more prevalent. A counter to fear is action. We take action. We sort potatoes and school supplies. We gather together, we care. We join with others already doing the work. We live our progressive Christianity out loud, crying with our lives and our voices. God's kingdom is for everyone, everywhere. It cannot be established by one group to the exclusion of any other group. It cannot be established at all. It's already here. It's already in us and among us, regardless of our country, our race, our ethnicity, our clan. The realm of God is for everyone, not one nation. You can't go there. It's not like earthly kingdoms. But make no mistake, it's here on earth. The realm of God is in you and in me and in everyone everywhere seeking love, not power, compassion, not control. It's in everyone doing justice and loving mercy. The kingdom of God exists in all people seeking peace. It's in everything we do, no matter how small, those small things add up. 
make a big tree and the birds can come and nest in it. Amen.